What up? Welcome back to the Stellar Stellar Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Mason Boyd, joined as always by Glenn Enos. Junior! And Matthew Suit. What's up? Boys. What's up? First round of playoffs in the books, man. There was uh, <clears throat> some good games. Close games. Yeah. Great games. Well, most of them were close. It was super wild card weekend. Six games. Super. A lot of games uh, over the course of three days, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And we were here last week with um, the second place winner, Brendan Borges, and our asterisk champ, Jake Aronson, uh, going over what to expect for wild card weekend. And I just want to give a shout out to the second place man, the guy who didn't win GM of the year, Brendan Borges, because uh, he predicted every outcome as it is. And then he texted Dang. me. Well, if he texted me Monday morning or Sunday night, but he said, I have a parlay running. And so far I'm winning on all the teams that I picked and I have the Cowboys on Monday night. And I said, I would have advised against it. Because uh, <laughs> I, I don't think me or any other single Cowboy fan out there um, had confidence that they would be able to, on the road, go to Tampa Bay and defeat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and defeat Tom Brady. Not only have they not won a road playoff game in 30 years, which is actually today would be the 30th day, uh, 30th year to the day, um, but they never beat Tom Brady. And it's the worst record against any quarterback in history or franchise. Never beat him before. And what happened? I'll tell you what happened. Zach Aronson left at halftime. <laughs> That's what happened. Yeah. Damn. It was uh, ice cold. Yeah. I, you know, we were walked into the bar. Uh, Say, Jake and Zach, you were at the ice house. So it makes I was sense. at the ice house, right. Walked into the bar. Jake and Zach were already sitting down. There's a couple of Cowboys fans at the bar on the side. And then they were like at a table and they're like, yeah, man, those Cowboys. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Zach obviously opened up his uh, Devin White jersey and <laughs> boom. And uh, they're giving him shit. And the anticipation for the game, like once it started, I was like, all right, we're in it. This is here. And first three passes of the game were just dropped. And I was like, this is how it's going to go, huh? And then. Tom Brady was moving backwards for the first drive of the game. And then it came back to Dallas, another three and out. And I was like, this game is going to be six to three, Tampa Bay. <laughs> and then something happened, and Dak Prescott just flipped a switch that I, I've only seen a couple times from him in his career as a Dallas Cowboy. And I will go on record to say last night was Dak Prescott's best game in his NFL career to this moment. We saw his, in my opinion, his worst game in week one this year against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home in the season opener. And now he follows it up 17 weeks later with the best performance he's had in his career, uh, given the circumstances. Um, everything that the Bucs threw at him, he had an answer. Whether you send pressure, he'd find someone open. 
whether nobody was open, he'd scramble with his feet, make plays, and extend the drive. And shout out to the defense because they made Tom Brady look uncomfortable for 60 minutes. And it was a great sight to see. And the whole time this is happening, like, first of all, we score a touchdown. Brett Maher misses an extra point. And I was like, okay, that doesn't help because I know that point's going to come back to bite us. Then come down again, score another touchdown. All right. Do we go for two here? Go up 14 nothing. I probably yeah. say no. I, I, Panatra even asked me, he's like, do you go for two here? I said, no. I said, they'll probably kick it again, make it 13 nothing. And then if they score again, they'll probably go to 21 and go for two. They kick it again. He misses again. I'm pissed <laughs> again. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Now it's 12 nothing instead of 14. Two points. I'm like, these two points are going to come back to fucking bite us. Hmm. Tom Brady comes down, gets a, finally gets a drive going together. They're in the red zone. And then I don't know what he was thinking. He just threw it up. I don't know if he tried to throw it out of bounds. I don't know if he tried to find someone in the back of the end zone. The only person he found was Javon Kurse. And, uh, yeah, picked off in the back of the end zone. And at that moment there, it was like, I, th- I think that's when the game essentially, like, that. that's when you knew that the Cowboys had this game. I, I didn't know until the fourth quarter started because I know what Tom Brady does. But just by the way the, 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 the script was going and the rest of the outcome for the game, Cowboys come back down, get another touchdown, and then uh, Brett Maher is out there again. And I'm like, oh, there's no way he misses three in a row, right? He fucking missed a third extra point. Three points. Now, instead of having 21, you have 18. I'm like, dude, if they somehow come back and then we lose by three because of this motherfucker, I'm going to be very upset. Um, same thing again. So at that point, it was 18 nothing at halftime. And Zach said, with 27 seconds left, that they don't get points on this drive. He said, I'm going to leave. And I said, you sure? He said, yeah. He said, I can't be here. He said, because uh, if I hear and this continues, he said, it's not going to be good. I was like, all right. It's only a game, you know? I don't know. Yeah. But uh, he left. I went home, and then I started to think, oh, man, I'm home now. I should have stayed. Because if I if the, if the tides start turning when I'm not at the ice house, then it's my fault for leaving. But there was no tides turning. Uh, the Cowboys owned that ass for four quarters. Uh, another touchdown scored. Brett Maher, another missed field goal, another missed extra point, and he was 0 for 4. And at this point, I'm, like, concerned for his job. I mean, I'm not really concerned for his job. <laughs> for his livelihood. Like, yeah, like, I don't know. He, and the thing is, he's not a bad kicker. He's been great this season. And he just, I don't know what it was. He had the yips. And then saw, saw, I saw a clip on Twitter that apparently during the Manning broadcast that they had last night, Peyton, like he missed the fourth one, and Peyton said, can you cut a guy at halftime? Dude, Peyton was losing his yeah, shit. I, I, saw a, I saw a clip after that. And Dak was too on the sidelines. He was like, just go for fucking two. And I mean... And I, and I got to say, it was, it was a well-played game by Dak, a well-called game by Kellen Moore, and honestly, a well-coached game by Mike McCarthy. There were a couple times where he made a decision. I think we were up. Yeah, we were, we were up. We we're up 6 nothing. And then I was like, okay, if you kick a field goal here, it was fourth and goal. That's a two-score game. 
just take the points. And he went for it on fourth and goal. And then it turned into a bootleg touchdown for Dak. And I was like, wow, ballsy call, good call. Um, and yeah, and, and multiple plays, he, he went for it on a couple fourth downs. Uh, well, part of it probably because he can't trust the kicker once he got in the field goal range. But um, just top to bottom, uh, great game, great experience, great day. And now they're on to San Francisco, which we'll talk about later. Mm. But I, I just needed to say, like, that was, yeah. If Dak Prescott's playing like he played last night and the defense plays like they played last night, you're going to look back at last week's episode and be like, holy shit, the pattern's real. That's a thing. Oh, the uh, they got to win like six straight or something, whatever you said. Well, four. four straight. They got one. So right now, Patton's still on track. Yeah, that's nuts. Um, there they are. Second round, 49ers left to go. Not easy. That's not easy. No, the Bucks and- have sucked most of the season. We thought maybe Brady would figure it out for a game like this, a mix of Brady pulling it out and Cowboys bad luck. But that didn't happen. The, tr- the, the ball didn't lie. The team sucks. They lost. And the Cowboys had a good game, too. But now you got the 49ers, very good offense, very good defense, and they're at home. That's going to be tough. We'll, um, we'll talk about that later. Um, one more thing I want to add about the Cowboys. Um, got him in our other fantasy football league, Weekend Warriors, Mello. When the game ended, he, he like messaged the chat, and he was like, well, oh, Glenn, you must be excited or happy. And I replied to him with uh, – the video of um, Kobe Bryant on the podium saying, just dead to be happy about. Job's not finished. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to me, like, it, it's great for the Cowboys to, like, kind of like, you know, okay, put this history behind you. Get your first road playoff win in 30 years. You, you be finally beat Tom Brady. Cool. Okay. You don't get a trophy for beating Tom Brady. Th- this team is supposed to be a Super Bowl contender. Jerry Jones brought in Mike McCarthy to win a Super Bowl. So the buck doesn't, the buck, you know, it doesn't stop here. You know, you don't just get the division around and say, oh, yeah, great season, guys. We made it to the division around. Well, ha, ha, let's get it again next year, and then hopefully maybe we can take that step. Cowboys still haven't been to an NFC Championship game since the 90s. So it's going to be one step at a time. This is the game that they need. Once they get to where they're going in – in my opinion, if you can go into Tampa Bay and defeat Tom Brady, regardless of how bad the team's been this year, you know, you still beat Brady, this and that. I'm not short-sighting that. Then you go into San Fran, who's the hottest team in the league right now, after winning 11 straight, and you can find a way to beat them. Why in the world would they be afraid of the Philadelphia Eagles, who you already beat this season, and the New York Giants, who you beat twice this season? Yeah, I... This is their game, and they get to the Super Bowl, in my opinion. Right. Um, as far as other games from Wild Card Weekend, because this was a crazy-ass weekend. Mason. Yeah, it was. Which which game really, really, uh, you know, caught your eye? Oh, God, dude. So, I just want to say, I the games that I did not watch uh, were on Saturday. I had a um, – Thing that I had to do 
uh, on Saturday night. So I couldn't watch the games on Saturday. So I missed the Jaguars comeback. Um, but I didn't see it either. Yeah, I was I was really disappointed about that. Um, but still, the ultimate story there is not that I missed it, but that the Jaguars came back from twenty-seven to zero against the Chargers. What a fraud! ass loser organization the chargers are i swear to god and then people have the audacity the absolute gall the sheer temerity Mm. to suggest that Dak is not as good as justin herbert who once again showed how fucking unclutch he and that sorry ass franchise is so i didn't have mike williams shut up Shut up. It's, here's the thing, and Mike this, is, this is what this is what we were arguing weeks ago, and the only the only thing is I I like I didn't like Justin Herbert this year because if he wants to be in that conversation with Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, the elite quarterbacks, which apparently he was destined to be from having a great rookie season. And, you know, having a great sophomore year in fantasy, and that's cool. Even though his team didn't make the playoffs, he's on clear to be the next elite quarterback. Um, I, I needed him to take that next step this year. Justin Herbert this season is supposed to be what Joe Burrow was last season. And that didn't happen. And not enough people are talking about it. And we have a board. That says yeah. the things that people don't talk about, and that is number one on the list is Justin well, Herbert. Look, I think the thing that the problem with with Herbert is that a lot of people conflate fantasy value with real world NFL value, right? So, like, is Justin Herbert like a elite fantasy quarterback? Yes, absolutely, right? I think we can all agree, okay. But in as far as like real world NFL on the field. He just doesn't have it yet, right? Like, people are saying that he's Mahomes or he's Allen, but, like, we've seen Allen and Mahomes get to conference championship games. Mahomes has won a Super Bowl. You know, I don't know. It's just, like, Herbert hasn't done anything. Like, they choked last year. They choked. Like, they should have made the playoffs. They choked. And then you're up 27-0 to the Jaguars, who, I'm sorry, I like the Jaguars. They're a great story. But the Chargers... If you look at the Chargers roster, they have maybe the best all-around roster in the NFL, right? Obviously, probably the 49ers would be better, but they'd be up there, right? They're like, you know, two, three, four. They were top five, at least, right? I as think far as, like, names, I, I'll yeah. give you that on offense right? and defense. You have a lot of talented, skilled position players. That's, like, the most important thing, right? And then you have good depth on that team. Why do they consistently – consistently underperform right it's just a it's a combination so I yeah I'm, I'm not gonna put it on justin herbert yeah yeah it's a combination it's, it's both herbert but it's also the coaching. the coaching and the fact that they didn't fire brandon staley again and they instead fired the oc i think is ridiculous brandon staley yeah. has shown that he cannot be a head coach i've never he been a fan idiot. of him since he's been the head coach job he thinks he's fucking uh nostradamus going forward on every fourth down chance that he gets it's like, dude, uh, he's not a good coach. Uh, he deserves to get fired after blowing a 27-point lead um, in the playoffs to the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
Justin Herbert, you're not, you're, not, you're obviously not going to do anything with him. He's your franchise quarterback, but you, you got to put him in a position to succeed. And I yeah. think Justin Herbert will only, I, I guess, be as good as his head coach makes him to be. If your head coach can't put you in the right position to become great, you know, like they, I they mean, the- look, that that game is a microcosm of why coaching is so important. The Chargers were plus five on turnover differentials, okay? Plus five. They didn't turn the ball over, and the Jaguars did five times, and they lost. At the end of the day, I think that comes down to coaching, and that's also why a team like the Jaguars was able to come back because they actually have a head coach who knows what the fuck they're doing. (laughs) Furthermore, it's ballsy. Yeah, yeah, but furthermore, just to connect it back to the Patriots, right, this is why – Coaching is this this weekend from a Patriots fan perspective. I just want to briefly touch on this. It was infuriating because it was another example, like this weekend, of why coaching is so important in the NFL. Like we just mentioned with Herbert and Trevor Lawrence, obviously with their coaches. Look at Daniel Jones. Like well, obviously the, we can touch on that game next if you guys want. But look at Daniel Jones. He was dead in the water last year with Joe Judge, right, being his his head coach, Brian Dayball has made him, has revitalized his career and made him into a completely different player. And that's your quarterback's coach for Mac Jones. So like, that's, that's why I have to battle back against people who want to jump ship on Mac Jones, because you are literally like completely tying his hands and his legs. You know what I mean? It's just ridiculous. Um, talk about the Jaguars real quick before we move on. Um, Trevor Lawrence. So here, here's the thing: I didn't watch the full game. Saturday night, I streamed a Madden game between myself and Trevor. High stakes on the line. When he gets into the playoffs, and Trevor pulled it out in the waning seconds. I'm still upset Damn. about it, but that's a different story. <laughs> um, Damn. I started watching the game. Saw Trevor Lawrence absolutely stinking up the joint. Um, granted, they they weren't getting a couple calls, a couple picks. Uh, no legal contact called. Oh yeah, that second one was another, bad. Another dude. one shouldn't have happened. But it was like anyway, a blatant pi on on Zay Jones. Right, and and they did happen, and the Chargers looked like they were rolling. And I was like, okay, I guess if I stream right now, I'm not going to be missing much. Finish my game, and I'm looking, and the Jaguars are down by I think two scores in the fourth quarter. So I turn on the game, watch the rest, and I'm like, this is unbelievable. The call that they made, I think it was on fourth, fourth and short. Um, from like borderline field goal range, um, the ETM play where I, I think he bounced it outside and got a first down. Um, it's just just completely ballsy call and trust and faith in your. In yeah. Your, yes. Your yes. Players. I know. I know what play you're talking about. Yeah, when he like did a little spin a Rooney on the outside. Yeah. Um, and then that just you know killed clock for them to kick the game winning field goal. Crazy. And you see Doug Peterson's reaction from it once they won. He like couldn't believe it. He was doing the Tom Brady fucking first <laughs> Super Bowl win. Can't believe it. Um, I like Doug Peterson. I like Trevor Lawrence. I like the playmakers that the Jags have besides Evan Ingram. I, I just I can't like him. I'm oh sorry. my god. <laughs> um, Understandable. It's a tough ask. It's a tough ask for them to go into Arrowhead and beat the Kansas City Chiefs, who are a far better team. But 
We'll see. We'll talk about it after. You um, know what's funny, though, is I feel like the Jaguars are kind of like that team that you just don't want to play. You know what I mean? Like, they, they were that team that, like, looks shitty, but they grind it out all the time. And they get you in a fucking rock fight. You know what I mean? You got to make it work for it. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing. I, think, I think if you underestimate them or you let your dog down, your guard down, um, they'll make you pay. And then they've shown that second half of the season and in the first round of the playoffs. Um, the other game on Saturday, Seahawks and 49ers, was looking like a game in the first half. Susan, did you watch that one at all? Yeah, I did, and I a little bit, I would say. Um, and then it, I feel like it got out of more out of hand, not as close as the other games. But um, yeah, the, the Seahawks were up, I believe, and near the beginning, they were looking like they were rocking yeah. and rolling too. But they're up at half, I think. What was it 17 16? That sounds right. Um, I think so. I mean, the story of – I feel like the story of the playoffs all week was like these games were just – they were really close, and they did not go exactly as I thought they would. Like the, I thought the Niners would really have a good uh, – an easy time with the Seahawks. They were losing at half. Same thing with the Bills, Dolphins, Bengals, Ravens. Like these games were very close, and I thought those were – I mean, the, the teams that I thought would win and most people thought would win ended up winning, but – it was closer than uh, than maybe it should have been. And obviously the Jaguars too, pulling that thing around, which I also missed. I, I wrote it off at half. I was like, oh damn, Jaguars be Jaguar, and that's it. And then all of a sudden I tuned in. I'm like, wait, these guys are trying to take the lead right now and win. So I caught the very <laughs> end, but I missed all of it, all the points that they scored, uh, which is really sad uh, for the for the Chargers. I mean, you can blame the defense. Partly, but at the same time, like if I'm on defense, letting the score go, but like not seeing the offense do anything in response, I'd be pretty pissed. I'd be like, okay, like we can only hold these guys off for so long. We need well, some. I mean, we need some more action here. They, they were able to obtain five turnovers. That too, yeah. Which I, I don't know you, how you overcome you've done that. your job as a defense. You gave your team a 27 point lead cushion. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so stupid. Important stops do have to be made for great teams. I get that, but when you have a quarterback like Justin Herbert, the Messiah, he's got to do something to not choke a twenty-seven point lead. Playmaker, make a play. Yeah, we'll see how his career goes. I mean, I know Mace was talking about the fantasy stats translating to a real life success and how it's not always the case. I mean, you think it, it is a pretty strong correlation because fantasy stats are real stats. And you, I want well, a championship, I want a championship not, with Blake look, Bortles. Exactly. That's all, that's See, Blake Bortles for like two years was a serviceable fantasy QB, but obviously in real life was absolutely God awful. Hmm. I mean, like, dude, look at, look at people. I'm just saying there are, there are people who routinely, like Matt Stafford was a good example until he went to the Rams, right? He was a good fantasy quarterback, couldn't win shit, right? I don't know about how good, though. Now, he wasn't Herbert his first couple of years. I'm, I'm thinking uh, like a Drew Brees or Big Ben, who Stafford are actually some... top 10 QBs. And eventually they did get a championship, even though they weren't always in contention. Or always uh, a favorite to win. Well, we all know that Drew Brees only got that Super Bowl because of the hurricane. Right. So that automatically eliminates him. And exactly. Big Ben got that that uh, 
Big Man got that one because karma doesn't exist. And I would like to remind you that he's uh, a fat rapist. Yes, thank you. But but Stafford in the Calvin Johnson years was <laughs> uh, borderline top five in fantasy. Calvin Johnson's breaking all these records. Somebody's got to throw it to him, and that guy was Matt Stafford. I mean, dude, you can even look at like you can look at Kirk. I mean, Kirk Cousins is perennially a, a oh. top ten QB, oh. right? We can talk uh, about Kirk. But like, obviously, we'll get to that game. But like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they call I, I, him the new nightmare for a reason because he can't play in prime time and he poops his pants. Right. Like, you like know? I just said, the the criticism, um, it isn't there for Justin Herbert. And I feel like if if Pat Mahomes blew a 27 point lead, if if Dak Prescott blew a 27 point lead, if Tom Brady blew a set, like any other other household name quarterback out there. They would be getting completely bashed and tormented and saying, this guy sucks. He ain't this. He ain't that. I haven't, I haven't seen anything. It's early. I'm sure it'll come up when people start. If people start to talk him up again, I'm sure that'll come out as a counter argument. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see. see what happens. But, um, yeah, so I, I, the Seahawks 49ers game. I caught a little bit of it, and I, I ended up stopped watching. But I did see the 49ers start to kick it into gear, and McCaffrey going off, Kittle, and and that was this is really the first game that I got to watch Purdy. I didn't really see the 49ers games through the back half of the season, and uh, damn, <clears throat> this kid's doing it. So <clears throat> he's doing it, and the thing is, he's playing fine. He's fine. He hasn't done anything to be a fuck up, a screw up or whatever. And he's playing fine. He has the best weapons in the league surrounding him with arguably the best defense in the league surrounding him. (laughs) And he hasn't done anything to lose the 49ers a game, which is, which is remarkable. But I give him credit for that being called Mr. Irrelevant. Mr. Relevant shouldn't even be a thing because you know how many undrafted players in the NFL end up making names for themselves? That, that, that shouldn't be a thing. And I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm saying it right now. Put um, on the board. Put on the board things people aren't talking about. Mr. Relevant. Uh, not being, Yeah, it's dumb. <laughs> um, but just watching the game, he like, he doesn't make a lot of good throws. There was some. There was one throw that he made down the field in like double coverage, and I don't know if it was Debo or Ayuk or somebody caught it downfield. But it was like a diving catch that was underthrown between two Seattle defenders, and I'm like nine times out of ten, that's an interception, that's a pick. I think I know what you're talking about. And even even on like the plays, like there, there was like three or four plays in a row. I think at the end of the first half, where he was rolling, you know, trying to make a play, rolling out of bounds to his left. He'd stop, square off his hit, and then he'd get drilled. And uh, for an incompletion, I'm like, this dude's putting his body through stuff that he doesn't need to. Just throw it out of bounds if, if nothing's going to happen. I, I like the way he's been playing, and he's been good for this 49ers team. I just think when there comes a time where he has to face adversity, I don't know how he's going to respond. Are the Cowboys adversity? They could be if they play like they did this week. Now, if even even say say he gets past the Cowboys at home, plays another you know fine game, throws for three hundred yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers, 
gets the win against the Cowboys. If he's got to go into Philadelphia, what happens if Philadelphia goes up 14-0 in the first quarter? You think Brock Purdy's going to have the answers to come back in a hostile environment in Philadelphia in the cold and have what it takes to pull out an NFC Championship win? I, I No rookie quarterback has ever won the Super Bowl. Never mind a third string. Right. I, but, <laughs> and, you know, like I said, he's he's got the weapons around him, which, which yeah, obviously, they got a, they got a team. obviously helps. And they have a great team, well-coached team by Kyle Shanahan. But I, I it goes to show on Saturday, San Francisco's miles ahead of Seattle. Although Gino had a great year, credit credit to him. Nobody thought he would be what he became. Nobody, nobody had Seattle as a playoff team. People had Seattle as a three-win team going into this season. Yeah. Um, and they got pieces, man. DK Metcalf, Kenneth Walker, Tyler Lockett, all a bunch of playmakers. I don't know what Gino's future or holds in Seattle, if he's going to get a bag from another team or if Seattle's going to re-sign him to be their quarterback. We don't know. But they got playmakers of their own to build upon, and hopefully they get back there next year. Um, San Francisco just took out, took over the game in the second half once they started uh, pressuring Gino and getting in his face. Right. I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. Um, Sunday, we had the Buffalo Bills hosting the Skylar Thompson-led Miami Dolphins. Who? Yeah. I don't know. And... He competed the whole game. Like, I could not believe how well the Dolphins are doing in that game. I forget what the score was, but I know they I know they scored a lot, both teams. I was like, holy shit. Like, not only did we pick what teams we think are going to win, but we're also doing that second season thing. So it's like fantasy in the playoffs. So I'm like, right. I have people on the bills and stuff. I'm like, are they really about to get knocked out by the fucking Dolphins? Skyler Thompson. Ultimately, Skyler the Bills. White. Yeah, ultimately, Skyler the Bills White, pulled it yo. out, but. That was a, a pretty close game, a good game. <laughs> Dolphins just couldn't hang on, though. Yeah. Like I said, the, the cream somehow always finds a way to rise to the top, and the Bills are that cream. Uh, Dolphins have made it interesting. They sure did. But we all know the Bills are such a better team, and they haven't played their best football yet, as far as I'm concerned. And scary. I think that's uh, kind of the same story with the Bengals-Ravens. Because yeah. that game could oh, have easily dude. gone oh the other way. God, Let me tell you Holy what shit. happened with that game, right? I, uh, so I was watching the game a little bit because me and Megan needed to kill a little bit of time before The Last of Us started. Go mm-hmm. watch that show. If mm-hmm. you have not watched it, what the fuck are you doing with yourself? Um, and when the, it was, for those who don't know, it was an hour and 20 minute premiere. So when the show ended, it was like 10.30. So I was like, me and Megan were just chilling on the couch. I was like, do you mind if I put the football game on? She's like, no, I'm just going to chill on my phone. So I was like, okay, cool. Put the football game on. The Ravens are about to score and take the lead. There's like four minutes. By a full touchdown. I'm, I'm like, oh my God, what the fuck? I, I went to go watch The Last of Us, and I think the Bengals had uh, just scored on a Jamar Chase touchdown. And I was like, oh, cool. I was like, let's go. The Bengals are going to kick the shit out of the Ravens again. And then, yeah, so it was tied. And then I literally turn around, and I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to tie the game. I look up from my phone, 
and uh, what's his name? Sam his Hubbard's one. going the other Sam way. Sam Hubbard's running in the opposite direction, and I was Looking like, and then I see who's chasing him down, motherfucking Mark Andrews, the guy who I'm I'm not kidding. I think that's the hardest I've seen him run all year. And trust me, I watched a lot of him on my fantasy team, if you remember. So that was kind of funny to watch. But uh, thankfully, the Bengals won. The better team won. Um, inches. Game of inches, right? They call football. Yeah. They freaking at the one-yard line to go up a full touchdown. I don't QB know. QB sneak over the top, get stuffed. See, I don't even think they're at the one-yard line. No, that's the thing. Is they, they're like, at, they're they at like the like, three. They went for like that weird QB no sneak. way. Three yards out. Doing they, that they shit. were not they were not one yard away. It I think wasn't like it wasn't like they were they were right on the goal line to where you and, and Chris Collins said this after. Like if you're you know football's nose to the goal line, whatever, and you're the quarterback and you want to do that shit where you put the ball over the goal line, because all you gotta do is reach your arms over. As soon as the ball breaks the plane, touchdown it. Yeah. The fact that Huntley had to jump over, reach out with his arms. Not even, wasn't fucking, even close. not even close to the goal line. Pulls it back and gets smacked out of his hands. Ball's going the other way. Tells you all you need to know. Why? Why would bad you... situational coaching? And Why I think, you... but I don't. I don't even. I don't mind the QB sneak call. But like Collinsworth said, you jump yeah, you over the under. goal line when you're that close to the goal line. When you're nose to nose of the goal line. If you're not, you go under and you go yeah. through the lineman and you dive forward. Yeah. I, it's just it's just dumb. And no, but I I'm saying know, like a better I play call. No, Lamar Jackson ain't doing that shit. I'm sorry, he's just not. And J.K. Dobbins is right. They would have won that game if Lamar was playing. Well, you know that actually that was like misquote. Oh. Yeah, everyone saying that he said that. I saw Adam Schefter like updated that tweet when he tweeted that, and said like he was ta- it was taken out of context. So what did he actually say? Like he said something like, "Yeah, if we had Lamar out there, like we definitely would have won either way." He was like, "What's the other guy played like a hell of a game?" Like, basically, he not, wasn't not saying, good enough. Yeah, I know, but yeah, I mean, I think the play call was stupid. Like, I think you only do that in the situation that like the Jaguars were in, where I'm sure you saw the the I don't know if it was a touchdown or was it a two point conversion where Trevor Lawrence literally just took the snap and reached his arm over the offensive lineman, and, like, walked in. Um, not only that, there was other miscues by the Ravens. There was one that was fourth and three, and they were about to get the ball back, I think, for the last drive of the game. And they ran to the punter. Oh, yeah. I was going to bring that up because I thought that was kind of a weak call. The guy, like, barely touched his foot no, on the way No, it doesn't matter. Down, if you hit the plant leg, and the guy flopped. I mean, barely though. Like, but you can't. Doesn't matter. But you, it doesn't matter if it's Bailey or this. You have to know that it is fourth down in three yards. If you run into the kicker, that's five yards. If you rough the kicker, that's fifteen. So how about this? Don't even go near him. You're getting the ball back. You have to be smarter. Yeah. And 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 they stop. They ended up stopping him anyway. So I guess the point is moot. But. Like, that's just, it blows my mind how players can commit stupid penalties. Stupid. I didn't like that call, that play, that call on the, on the running into the kicker. I mean, you know, you might not like it, but they're, they're going to call that every time. 
It's stupid. I understand, but it's a rule. And rules aren't supposed to be broken, Susan, because else we'd be we'd be no better than monkeys. Like, I don't think he like the punter would have even fell to the ground. I don't think he had to fall to the ground. He wasn't forced to the ground. He just like said, I'm gonna take a bump here, win oh, yeah. the game for my take team. A bump. Yeah, it's I feel like that was a very Ravens way to to lose the game. Uh, because they had to, I mean that would have been huge. Looks and like the th- and the thing I actually is, have those... it up here. That was that there was 12 minutes left in the game actually when they when they did that play. So I guess still could have went either way, but that would have been a massive advantage because the Bengals weren't doing too much. The Bengals didn't game. score after that. Yeah, they didn't even score after that, right? So, um the, the thing is too, the Ravens this whole season, they were mostly winning games that happened like that. Like games that they deserved to lose, they would still pull out and win. Besides, like the, I, that one this past weekend, and the one that they played in Jacksonville earlier in the year, they actually lost that game. But there had been a number of games where they did not deserve to win, and they ended up pulling it out. And it felt like they were going to do it again, but they did not. Overall, I'd say the Bengals and Bills need to tighten, tighten it up, because having a game that close to the Dolphins, I think, uh, is a little bit of a shocker. And the Ravens and the Bengals practically getting uh, gifted the win in a way uh, that's kind of crazy too. Cowboys, they showed up, they played good 49ers as well. Jaguars obviously showed up. They're on a roll too. giants. They did their thing. The giants dude. the giants and the coach of the year. I'm I'm not supposed to see this. I'm not supposed to like this giants team. Just like I'm not supposed to like Jalen hurts, but I do. Because they play well, and I respect good play. The Giants went into Minnesota, and they took down the fraudulent Vikings, like I've been saying all fucking year. Because Saquon Barkley is playing like the best running back in the league. And Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones! Danny Dimes! Played like... He's your franchise quarterback. Now you want your franchise quarterback to play. Um, The Vikings, I don't feel sorry for them. I don't, you know, it's just they squeaked out so many bullshit games this year. I knew they weren't this good. I knew Kirk Cousins isn't this good. Justin Jefferson's great, but he can only do so much. It's just what about Dalvin. He's I oof oof. Dalvin he's I, all right. I'll tell you what, Hawkinson. I he's the only guy I want to follow. He's doing to. good there. He is very good. But um, I just let's just talk about real quick the end of the game. <laughs> You're on your last drive. I don't know how much were they down by. Four They're down or by three. a touchdown. Yeah, they had to tie it, I think, right? Yeah. Down by a touchdown on your last drive. That's now fourth and eight. And my guy, Kirk Cousins, fucking steps back in the pocket, sees the hot hand. Season on the line. Sees the hot hand with uh, Hawkinson. And he says, oh, fourth and eight. There's Hawk, three yards out, going towards the sidelines. I'm going to give it to him. And he put it right in his hands, 
And Hawkinson got tackled five yards short of the line. What? I don't know. I audibly laughed aloud when, as soon as I saw him throw the ball and release it, I'm like, the first down to He's not anywhere close. He must have been hoping for a big cock tackle break or something. Oh. That was not wise. It doesn't make sense. If there wasn't a more Kirk Cousins play than that, bro, I'm sorry. That is unacceptable. You have the best wide receiver in the league on your team. Throw the ball to him. What are you doing, man? I don't care if every single player is covering Justin Jefferson. I'm throwing him the ball on not, that play. Not even that, but if you're – I don't know if it's the play design or Hawkinson. You got to know where the first down is. Yeah, I know. Why are we running a three-yard out? Yeah. Why are we throwing a three-yard out? <laughs> I, don't I don't know, know, man. I don't know. I don't know, I'm but I got fooled, all right? I got fooled. I thought the Vikings would get through the Giants at least. I got fooled that the that the Vikings were good and the Giants. No, you know, weren't no, good. you know what we learned about the Vikings is that their defense smells. It stinks. That's what we learned about the Vikings. I think, I think we kind of always knew that, but people were just glittered and glamored by uh, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, and all the big names they have in this offense, and how Kirk Cousins is a top ten fantasy QB, and how each and every week they pull a rabbit out of their ass. And somehow squeak out a win. Um, I'm so glad they lost. I, I can't tell you. I have 17 weeks I had to hear about how the Vikings are great and this and that. <laughs> what frauds. Kirk Cousins, I've been saying it for years. And some people didn't want to believe me. Hey, I'm, they, I'm right there with you, man. And then, and then the group chat finally changed this week. It's no longer the Kirk Cousins stand club. It's the Kirk Cousins is ass club. Um, we love to see it. Glenn, you and me were on this bullshit way before everyone else. Oh, my God. And not being elite. He only had one good game in Washington his whole fucking career, and that was against me when he was on Tidwell's team. Wow. Yeah. It happens. It happens like yeah. that. But um, overall, NFL playoffs is great. Super wild card weekend's great. Might be the best thing they've ever done as far as extending the playoffs and having all these games on one weekend. But, you have the NFC East in the playoffs taking over the whole thing. I saw a thing today. The, the first time that um, – or the, I should say the last time that three teams from the same division were all in the divisional round of the playoffs, the Cowboys won the Super Bowl. Oh, my God. Oh my more, God. more ridiculous so facts. If the pattern, it's like it's fate. If, if you're not a believer yeah. of the pattern – See, these are the things you got to hang on to. Oh, the pattern. Here throw we your, go again. Throw hang on to it all. Throw your X's and O's out the window. Bro, you're like whatever. fucking Charlie Day with the conspiracy theory board. That's what you I mean, yeah. It's, uh, it's something there. Something to hang your hat on. Um, But this is the stellar award show. Our annual award show to where we reflect on a year in fantasy football, regardless of how shitty it was, regardless of how great it was, regardless of how many times you cried, how many times you sweat, and how many times you bled throughout this fantasy season. And we reflect on the best and the worst. 
And the way we did it this year was each of us had our own nominees for each award. Um, I, I guess at the end we can, I don't know, should we do the, yeah, we'll, we'll do the recap of what our preseason predictions were for this one because it is not pretty. Oh, uh, God. We, we Wait, you went on, through? You have the receipts? Someone write it down. I got oh, I got no. It is bad. Oh, no. Um, well, let, let's just let's just get to it. We asked you, the listeners, on who would win each award here. If I can pull it up real quick. All right. Our first award. Here we go. I feel like we should have music for this. Yeah, we, we should just we should just say uh, like the Super Bowl music. Oh, like when they pass the trophy. Yeah. Oh, what's that song called? Super Bowl music. Super Bowl passing trophy that plays in the back of Tom Brady shaking his head. Tom Brady. Well, you got to type that whole that. thing into the YouTube search bar. I don't think I can. Uh... <laughs> I'll just do that the whole time. Let's play, uh, play like the Marvel theme, like the Avengers theme or something. I don't, I don't think if I play it from my thing, you guys will be able to hear it. That's all right. That's all right. Next year, maybe I'll edit. I'll edit it in the podcast. Next year, next year we'll okay. all wear. We'll all have suits. This will be right. an official event. I'll rent out a theater. The Whites of Westport. <laughs> yeah. No. The Rachel Venus de Milo. Venus de Milo. <laughs> I'm gonna. Uh, yeah. What I'll do is I'll edit it into the podcast as we go through these awards here. Hmm. Do you guys know the results? Have you checked? I no. have not looked. I didn't I want voted. To I retweeted it. I voted. Yep, I voted. Um, so this is but this that's is, it. This will be a surprise to you guys then. Okay. Our first award of the 2023 Stellar Awards show is the Steal of the Draft. Mm. And your nominees were Devonta Smith from the Philadelphia Eagles. Christian Kirk from the Jacksonville Jaguars and Ramondre Stevenson from the New England Patriots. I wish there were, I wish I had a drum roll button. I don't. <clears throat> the best I have is this. Oh, that's Fart roll, please. Just hit it a bunch, Glenn. <laughs> there you go. And this year's still the draft is Ramondre Stevenson. Damn. Oh, okay. With a whopping 69% of votes. Nice. We definitely have an applause button, right? Uh, I thought I've heard that. I did, but I got rid of it. Ramondre uh, Stevenson. 1,040 rushing yards, 421 receiving yards. That is 1,461 yards from scrimmage. Six total touchdowns. That's it. Finished. Yeah, I guess so. Um, finished running back 11. seven in PPR. I gotta oh. I gotta check ESPN. ESPN Sleeper. says eleven. Okay. You're gonna have to give the rankings then because Sleeper doesn't have the half PPR. Um right. yeah, so he finished rank eleven and he was drafted eighty-fifth overall, which was in the seventh round by Panacho. Okay. So he is a steal of the draft. Next award is the Trash to Treasure Award. Implemented a few years ago, the Trash to Treasure Award is a player who had been previously 
subpar in fantasy football, but had a great year in the 2022 season. And our nominees were Geno Smith of the Seattle Seahawks, Jamal Williams of the Detroit Lions, Jarek McKinnon of the Kansas City Chiefs, and your winner is Geno Smith. Geno Seattle Seahawks. Round of applause for Geno. Um, 43% of the votes, followed up by Jarek McKinnon, 36%, and Jamal Williams, 14%. We had somebody vote other, and I told them to comment below, but uh, they didn't comment. So, fuck you. Geno Smith, he uh, threw for 42, almost 4,300 yards, ran for 366 yards. QB5. That's Gino crazy. Smith, QB5. Smith, bro. That's where insane. Where did he get drafted? Was he drafted? No. No, he wasn't. He was trash. And now he's treasure. Yeah, he was trash. I'm and, glad uh, um, I'm glad Jarek McKinnon didn't take it because he only started becoming hot towards the end of the season. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, Gino, give respect. His award is in the mail. And what's the, what's the award again? It's a trash to treasure, so it's a golden trash can. Oh, okay, okay. Actually, it's a golden trash can with the lid open, and then there's a treasure chest at the top yes. of the trash. Okay. Right. Um, all right, next award is the Breakout Fantasy Player of the Year. And your nominees were Jalen Waddle from the Miami Dolphins. Josh Jacobs. From the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders. And Ramon J. Stevenson from the New England Patriots. And your breakout fantasy player of the year is Josh Jacobs from the Las Vegas Raiders. Wait, damn. Yeah, Josh, Josh Jacobs, Jacobs, we're talking. 2,053 total yards, 1,650 were rushing yards, 12 touchdowns on the ground, zero through the air, actually, 12 total TDs. Mason, do you have his half PPR finish? Give me one He's number one in standard, number three in full PPR. I mean, he has to be number one, right? It's going to be number two. I feel like he's like number number three or three. Number three. That's pretty good. We're talking about was, a guy who was drafted in the fourth round by Gomes. Yeah, you don't you don't draft a guy Josh. who you think can be a top five running back in the fourth round, or who people think is because he hasn't done. It. He's yeah. um, he seems to be the proverbial RB two, not as much as Montgomery though, because when I look at his finishes, last year was like just outside RB one. 2020, he was a top 10, but on the bottom half, his, his rookie year, he was RB2. And, I mean, I got texts on my phone, saved, screenshotted from, I know, people like Craig saying just how bad and awful Josh Jacobs is. He sucks. He's nothing more than RB2 and overrated. And, yeah, here he is, a top three running back. Congratulations, Josh Jacobs. And, yet here I am. I uh, have to take you to Applebee's for a two for 20. That's right. And you got to take me That's to 99. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What do I got to take that. you to 99 for? Because I lost to you? Yeah. 
Stupid. <laughs> you made we should, your pet. We should have did double or nothing in the consolation. Yeah, we should have picked the no. same restaurant so we could just go to one place together. Why yeah, don't we compromise like and just go to Chili's? Oh, they have a two for something. I I fuck with the Chili's margarita, dude. Your oh. Chili's fucking slaps. Chili's yeah, chips. Not, you know, quick side combo here. Chili's doesn't get the respect that it deserves as far as chain restaurants go, and I'm tired of it. Put it on no, the board. Put it on the board. Okay. No free sponsors. The chips and salsa is elite. The lava cake for dessert is is amazing. Agreed. And they have solid entree options. Their burgers slap. I got one word: margaritas. And margaritas. There's something for everyone, baby. Um, I will. I will. If you guys agree, I will treat you both to chilies to get our bets out of hmm. the way. Fuck yeah! Oh yeah, my let's god! Do it. You, I will. Are you kidding me? I will hammer that. Of course. Hammer it. Cool. Oh. We'll go. Uh, I don't know. Go around the Super Bowl, either before or after. All right. Yeah, that's fine. Sounds good. Um, cool. Josh Jacobs got fifty-seven percent of the votes, followed by Ramondre Stevenson, then Jalen Waddle. Okay. For the second straight year, we've introduced an award to you called the April Fool. Now, this April Fool, oh. it can be a player who you previously thought was good or bad and then after this season they were the exact opposite so if you thought they were good before they sucked it up this year and if you thought they were bad before they good this year see my mind i had like a uh i had like a season-long april fool and this is a side note he wasn't a nominee but i'm gonna say cam makers okay because uh cam makers fooled me fucking good he fooled me the hardest because I was coming off a championship in a dynasty league. I had Cam Makers in my back pocket who didn't play last year. And I said, I'm ready. Let's run it back. And then week one, he had three carries. And then uh, after that Thursday night game of week one, Friday morning, he woke up in Sean McVay's wife's bed. And then he didn't do nothing for the next five, six weeks. And all of a sudden, come playoff time, he's a fucking RB1. Week 13 was when he had a his next good game yeah after that well his only good his first good game after sean McVay banged his sister to get back at him yes he he let him come into the lineup do his thing and see the thing is week 13 you say right see our trade deadline was week 11 and i had traded him in my dynasty league um because i was i was sick to my stomach of having him on my team and this is how he gets treated by sean mcveigh and i figured as long as he's a ram he doesn't have a future here boy was i fucking wrong <laughs> and such short-sightedness by me trying to make a last playoff push i traded cam Akers for cordero patterson oh oof old and busted damn um and then he goes off to end the end the year on a three game hundred yard streak. Yeah, April Fools. April Fucking Fools. Fucking asshole. <laughs> uh, That's anyways, actually a really good candidate. Who are the candidates, Glenn? The candidates for April Fool is um, Russell Wilson from the Denver Broncos. Understandable. Miles Sanders from the Philadelphia Eagles, and Evan Ingram from the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> All great, all great candidates, but there is one that is just simply not like the other. Yep. And he and he is your winner. Quarterback of the Denver Broncos, Russell 
Wilson. Let the man fucking cook. Because he, like, you can be just a like a casual football fan who doesn't play fantasy. You know Russell Wilson, and you probably expected him to be very good with the oh, Broncos. He I, fooled the world. He fooled me fucking good, dude. I I had so I've never had a fantasy season like this where I didn't make the playoffs in five leagues. Um, I'm gonna say that is part. And solely in part to me putting stock in Russell Wilson in the majority of those leagues. I think the Broncos I mean, in general, really, when you think about it. Yeah, but it starts with the quarterback. Starts with yeah, Russell Wilson. Yeah, yeah. Starts with the guy you traded all your fucking draft picks to, uh, to to obtain, and then boatloads of money to him to be your franchise quarterback. And he goes out there and absolutely stinks up the joint. And stupid me, I didn't realize it until about week seven. I'm already two and five. So, um, yeah, April fucking fools, Russell Wilson, you piece of shit. Oof. I mean, how do you think the Broncos fans feel? They got fooled the worst. Well, they're about and to get fooled for another five years. What's interesting about it is his previous year with the Seahawks, he was QB 16. And this year, he's QB 16. So, he could be uh next this could be him this could be him could be him but i think the situation he was going into seemed better than what he left in seattle obviously right now it doesn't look like that because dk metcalf tyler lockett ken walker are a better trio than sutton judy and javante williams uh this season granted javante williams got hurt with an acl but i think we just saw the potential because we saw what Sutton and Judy could do with shitty quarterbacks. We saw what Javante Williams did in his rookie season. And we knew the type of defense that Denver had and would continue to have into the season. And we thought there would be a contender out of the AFC and they were anything but. And it starts with number three, Russell Wilson. And you know what's fucked up about it? You know what's really fucked up? Is that a year from now, we're going to be sitting in this exact same spot. And this motherfucker might be on the list again. Because I know nobody's going to touch this piece of shit with a 10-foot pole until <laughs> until late in the draft or somebody's going to pick him up on free agency and he's going to finish QB5. And then that is where I take my final destination trip to the Braga Bridge. See you the fuck <laughs> later, dude. You oh, might be man. right. Yep. Yeah. And you, might, you, you might do it. But Russell Wilson is this year's April Fool. Congratulations. Merry Christmas. Go fuck yourself. April Fools. Mason, if there was any award that um, that represents you as a fantasy football player, it's got to be the fuck of the year. Yep. It's oh, got to be. Fuck of the week is my segment. So exactly. All right. All right. So why don't why don't you say uh, what this award is, what it represents, and then I will name the candidates off to you. Okay. So without further ado, it's time for fuck of the year. Um, look, this award goes to the person who was that highly touted first round pick you can't go wrong with this guy or not necessarily first round pick but you put high draft capital into this guy and you said 
this guy is going to be great. Everyone told you he's going to be the balls. And he wasn't. He was the exact opposite. Balls? He was ass. <laughs> he was either ass or he got hurt <laughs> or he was ass. I thought I was getting the balls when I got the ass. <laughs> yeah. the balls are good ass is bad yeah oh my god yeah. yeah we're talking about a cornerstone piece of your roster or so you thought yep yes so um the nominees for fuck of the year are kyle pitts from the atlanta falcons yep yep fuck. alvin Kamara from the fuck. new orleans Saints. oh yeah and Somehow, some way, he finds our list again. Russell Wilson. Fuck. Yeah, he belongs on this list. Yeah, they all do. They yep. all fucking do. Yep. Because they fucked each and every single fantasy owner who was unlucky enough to have them on their team this year. <laughs> but there can only be one fuck of the year. And for the 2022 season, the fuck of the year goes to. Kyle Pitts. Damn. I thought Kamara was going to take it. From the Atlanta Falcons. Mason, I want you to tell me where um, Mr. Pitts was drafted in our Westport League. Sure thing. Let's take a gander, shall we? So Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts was drafted 28th overall. Second round. At the end of the second round by Panacho. Um, and just for the record, he had, let me see, one, two, three, four, four games where he scored more than five. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, after, on top of it, after week 11, where he finished with 5.8, he went on IR and he was out for the season normally so, normally we would like to exclude injury from being fucking you like someone like a jonathan taylor who missed uh, a big chunk of the season but in this instance with kyle pitts i don't think it mattered if he played the last the last four or five games no we see yeah because he had 10 weeks of he had 10 just... weeks absolute and I think dog shit the difference is too with with taylor is that a lot of the games that he played in he still put up pretty decent games like kyle pitts in the games that he played in was dog shit there's you know what i mean every time and honestly the injury was probably the best thing that could have happened to play fantasy managers because it forced you to play somebody else which was the right decision all along but the thing is the tight end position in itself is it's it, it's a roulette wheel, you know. You, you pick a number, you don't know if it's gonna hit unless the name volatile. Is, unless the name is Travis Kelsey, you know. And even even the with the good tight ends out there like George Kittle, Mark Andrews, it's it's not a consistent boom. This is what I'm getting every week from the tight end position, unless you own Kelsey. Um, with Kyle Pitts, you thought. After a rookie season where he made the Pro Bowl, didn't have the touchdown numbers, still had over, pretty sure over a thousand yards. Um, This is what he was brought in to do, to be a fantasy relevant tight end 
for a shitty team, the Atlanta Falcons, who you know is going to have to throw the ball to compete with other teams, and it just did not correlate. And obviously, if you just put in high stock to get him, like I swear most people did in your redraft leagues, um, you definitely had to get him third round or higher. And if he got to you in the fourth round, that's still not good enough for a tight end to, to be drafted there with that expectation that Kyle Pitts had. So he fucked it good. 80% of his games, he had three or less catches. 80%. A lot of them was two for 19. He finished three games with 19 yards. Exactly. That is one less than two for 20. Coincidence? Yeah. I think not. So, yeah. Fuck of the year, Kyle Pitts. Congratulations. Russell Wilson, you got off the hook. There was one player who was worse than you were, and that was poor Kyle. I can't wait to see what happens with him next year. Um, it's going to be like a Russell Wilson type dilemma. It's like you might believe in him, but do you actually do it? Mason, honestly, you know what you should do? Just what? draft all the players that sucked last year in case they go off this year. Yeah, so Kamara again. Do you want me to win the Pits. toilet two years in a row again? Think, honestly, at this point, it doesn't matter who you draft. You're going to find your way into the toilet. So you might as well just take the chance that these guys just fucking do the complete yeah. 180. and then Buy the oh, dip. Right. And save the rest Camaro. of the league from taking these guys. See, because I had Camaro back in 2019. That was his worst year to that date. Next year after that, he was RB1. Slash two. So maybe that happens again. You double yeah. down. Look at Christian McCaffrey broke the curse this year. Triple down, but yeah. It might not be next year, Mason. Could be the year after that. <laughs> Just keep drafting the same fucking bums. I and honestly might do that. They they might just break out. Yeah, maybe I'll draft Terrell Owens for when he comes back uh, to the Cowboys, too. While I'm all at right, it. all right. You know, fucking pipe dreams. Maybe not that much, that far. Oh, no? Okay. Maybe okay. Gronkowski <laughs> will come out of retirement when Tom Brady comes back to the Patriots this offseason, too. Oh. And then they can so, all skip down the yellow brick road together. I Side <laughs> note, I saw a quick thing today that uh, um, Lamar Jackson – uh, the Patriots are front runners to sign him. Bro, who said that? that? The, Twitter. They, the odds Twitter. opened up Twitter. today. The odds opened up today on props for what team Lamar is going to go to. And the Patriots in Vegas are the odds on favorite to land him. Yeah. Um, Vegas never scared me wrong before. Which makes yeah, right. Which makes no sense to me. Why? Because there's no fucking shot that the Patriots are going to pay him the money that he wants. No. Absolutely not. And you're, No chance. What Vegas is forgetting is that Bill is racist. Okay. 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 There's no way he'd have a... You're right. They definitely did not factor that into their, their calculations. They don't. Set the odds. Think of the, just sure. think about the key Patriot players in history. They're all I mean, white, they, except Randy well, Moss. They signed Cam Newton a couple of years ago, so... I guess that's true. They took one shot, and what happened? He sucked. Jesus. <laughs> I'm just saying from their perspective. Uh, right, right, right. From their Martin perspective, right. Oh, right. my God. <laughs> Listen, I, I personally, 
I'd be all for him coming. I mean, an actual elite oh, yeah, talent. Yeah. I think oh, now he's an elite talent. I think he's an elite talent. Oh, okay. Um, that would be awesome. Better? I I understand that you're already developing Mac Jones. It would be kind yeah, of we, foolish oh, to get rid news, of him. He just actually got traded to the Carolina Panthers. Oh, Susan would be like, oh, that's good because he sucks anyway. I don't want him. So, is he uh, is he better than oh. Justin Herbert? Better than Justin Herbert. He's at least won a playoff game. See, the thing is, I think I have to go back in time to see when any of them were good. No, he hasn't, Mason. He hasn't? What the he fuck? Got, he got bounced by Derrick Henry in the first round uh, a couple That's years ago. Right. You know what? Then he's just as overrated as Herbert is. Sorry. All right. Lamar's gotten hurt last couple of years. He hasn't had a lot, uh, he hasn't had good couple, last couple of years. And uh, I think... Craig might crucify me for saying he's an elite talent. He hops on those things. I think I like he's a him. good quarterback. I think, the problem, a, I think he's an elite talent. I think he's more elite than Herbert. The problem with him is, though, is that it's his health. He has an right? MVP. No, I know. I'm saying take the, that. Problem, the problem that I have with Lamar is just his health. Because now the past few years he's gotten hurt. And obviously, he's someone who runs the ball a lot. You're going to take more shots. I mean, typically guys who are mobile quarterbacks – like Lamar is don't last as long in the league due to the amount of blows that they take, you know? So that's, yeah, I know. That's my, that's my only concern with him. Yeah. And it just, it would not be a Patriot thing to kind of have Mac Jones to spend this much time with him and just say, nah, we're going to completely scrap everything these last couple of years and go with Lamar Jackson. I don't see that happening. The Patriot thing is uh, every year that Mac Jones has for the rest of his uh, career, he's going to have a new offensive coordinator. Yeah, we're going to turn into the fucking Browns. I just don't think Bill would admit being wrong by spending two years on Mac and then moving on. I think if you sign someone like Lamar Jackson, who gives a fuck? (laughs) Maybe, maybe. Yeah, what the Patriots are going to do, they're going to sign Lamar Jackson. And then Sean McVay said that he didn't really want to be a coach anymore. So Bill Belichick is going to pick up the phone because Sean McVay idolizes him. And he's going to hire him as the OC. And then you're going to have Lamar Jackson as the quarterback and Sean McVay as the OC. And the Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl. Give me your thoughts. And Bye-bye. then Sean Payton comes back. And he's the coach, co-offensive coordinator. I just said McVay is the co- Oh, he's, he's the uh, quarterback's coach. No, you might as well Just, get Dan uh, Quinn too. Coco. Okay. Yeah, they, um, all of them. Let's get all of them. What was I gonna say? All right, next award. Sorry about that. That's okay. It's okay. Next award is uh, near and dear to this very podcast because it involves the people that are on the podcast, and this is the guest of the year. Oh. And what's the award for this one that they get in the mail? Um. Uh, I'd say like a golden microphone. Oh, okay. What would you want? Genitals? Preferably. Yeah. Now, if there's any more <laughs> for genitals, it'd probably be fuck of the year. Yeah, that's the golden dildo award. Or is right. that the the uh, Pickums award? No, we haven't revealed the Pickums award yet, but it's coming. And, oh, it'll be great. Okay. Guests of the year for the Stellar Solar Podcast. Our nominees were 
And I kind of did this for people who were on the same episode. So we had a couple guests who were on the same episode, so they count as one. We yeah. have Craig and Zach when we did our NFC South preview on episode 114. We have Jake Fryer when we did Toilet Talk with Mason when they were both in the toilet bowl. We have our asterisk champion, Jake Aronson, in second place finish, Brendan Borges on episode 134, uh, which was last week's episode, actually, labeled the pattern. And then we had Commissioner Panacho come on for episode 131 when we were talking collusion. And the winner of the guest of the year, or should I say winners, we actually have a tie. Oh, shit. Damn. Our tie is Jake Fryer and also Jake Aronson and Brendan. Damn. Okay. So we could split this. We could split this tie right now if you want. Well, what if I already voted? (laughs) We'll vote again. Okay. It's between Jake and Brendan and... And Jake. No, no, no. It's Jake and Brendan are one, and then yep. Friars another. They both have forty-two percent of the votes. So we could split this tie right now and deem ourselves a uh, guest of the year. So Jake Aronson and Brendan are going to get fucked again. Yeah, it's only right. Getting asterisks and and right. championships and awards okay. or whatnot. I mean, I'm they're... voting for Jake and Brendan. I think that was a really a really good podcast episode in totality. It was, but is it fair that one man got 50% of the votes and you got two people getting 50% of the votes? I feel like the one so guy is it fair that the Vite the Bengals and the Bills aren't playing at a neutral site this weekend? No. But that's yeah, the way the cookie we'll talk crumbles. About that after. So who are you Life going for prior? You did make fun of me that episode, so maybe not. So petty. <laughs> I voted for him, actually. So you're voting for Fryer. So I'm the deciding vote is what you're saying. I guess actually, so. you're right. Yeah, because I voted for Fryer. Mason voted for thing one and two. <laughs> Real nice. The co-champions. All right. I put in my vote. The guest of the year for the Stellar Stellar Podcast is Jake. Oh, you son of a bitch. (laughs) And Brendan. Nice. Congratulations. Congratulations. You are the guest of the year of the Stellar Stellar Podcast. Uh, in a year to remember, why not add one more thing your way? Um, Jake, you're a fake champion. Brennan, you lost the worst championship possible in the worst way possible. And uh, neither of you were good enough to be GM of the year. So I guess we'll give you guest of the year, too. Yes. How about that? Congratulations. I love it. And then last but not least, ladies and gentlemen, the most prestigious award we have. And this is the Stellar Star of the Year, your fantasy MVP, whatever you want to call it. Here on the Stellar Stellar Podcast, we give our Stellar Stars of the Week. But now we have to decide 
through a year-long season, who had the most stellar year in fantasy? And your nominees are Austin Eckler from the Los Angeles Chargers, Christian McCaffrey from the San Francisco 49ers, and Justin Jefferson from the Minnesota Vikings. In year 2022, stellar star of the year is Austin Eckler. Whoa. Damn. With 43% of votes. Followed by Justin Jefferson at 36 and CMC at 21. Austin friggin' Eckler, man. We're talking 1,637 yards total. uh, 18 total touchdowns down from 20 last year. So he pretty much did that again with uh, similar yardage as well. Finished, as I believe, as the RB1 in half PPR scoring. And uh, he's good. He's good. He catches the ball. He had 127 targets and 107 receptions. He's a running back. Yeah. And he was the best running back in fantasy this year. I was all in on the Equa train after last season. Uh, I critiqued him uh, before the start of the 2021 season uh, because I, I didn't know if I had the faith in Austin Eckler to do it again. And then he did it again. And then in 2022, he keeps doing it. I mean, you can't deny these numbers. The receptions are there. The yards are there. The touchdowns are there. 38 touchdowns the past two seasons? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Congratulations to Austin Eckler. Uh, congratulations to all the nominees for the Stellar Award Show. And we thank you for your votes, your listens, your support of this podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, once again, we do it all for you. So here's to another Stellar Award Show. Look at this. Burger King. You know what's so funny? I was having the time of my life when that Whopper commercial was going off last night. <laughs> oh, my God. It was 18 nothing. I was like, whopper, whopper, double whopper. <laughs> Fucking. So ridiculous. Oh, so Meanwhile, good. Zach's like crying. Uh, that's great. Every time it was coming on, I'd be jamming. At BK. Have it your way. No free ads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sweet. Yeah, very sweet. And that's the end. That marks the end of our fantasy football. Of our journey. Of our journey of this year. I think in reflection, Souza, this was a shitty year. Overall. We couldn't crown a champion. I didn't make the playoffs. I didn't make the playoffs in any league. You couldn't be crowned with glory and fantasy or any money to show for it. Um, So that sucks. And I got second place money at least. That's true. I got something. And then our friend Mason here, who was uh, now taking a leave of absence from the podcast midway through, probably because he didn't want to hear this, he got the toilet bowl for a fifth time in seven years. That's a whole hand. A whole hand. Normally. Yeah. Um, so I guess that part, me losing in the first round too, was relatively normal. But everything else, abnormal. 
And uh, and who's to say that doesn't translate to the real life? Maybe we get a Jags Giants Super Bowl to, to for the cherry on top of the 2022 season. Glenn didn't like that. Um, here's what I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah, the AFC has the Chiefs, Bills, Bengals. And the Jaguars. So we'll probably get a really nice AFC team there. And then the NFC, NFC has been harder to predict, in my opinion. Obviously, I got a couple wrong. I thought the Bucks and Vikings were going to pull it off. Now we got the – well, we can just talk about it. We're going into yeah. that now. We're going into the divisional weekend, and uh, that's big. Saturday, we have – I don't know what the first game is. I know the two one-seeds play on Saturday. If I could pull it up in front of me. I feel like an Eagles-Giants game would be afternoon. That's like where they live, afternoon. Think? Well, it's just all the afternoon, but I mean like, you know, 4 o'clock or whatever time they'll play. Ah, it's a night game because the Jaguars and Chiefs kick it off at 4.30 in Arrowhead. Okay. So it's not at 1.00. So what what are we thinking here? Do the Jaguars have a chance? It'd be awesome. I hope they give a I hope they give it their all and have a nice fighting chance. But I don't I, the odds of them winning I think are so low, unfortunately. I don't hear Mason. We can't hear you, Mason. Nope. Sorry, my mic was muted. <laughs> All right, we're good. No, uh, what I was trying to say is I don't think that the Jaguars have enough in them to take the Chiefs down. But, God, I would love it if they won so much, dude. Biggest upset. Oh, my God. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah, I'm going to go Chiefs. Um, I think it's going to be closer than people think. And I think uh, it's going to come down to Trevor Lawrence on a game-winning drive, uh, actually on a game-tying drive, they could, they could tie with a touchdown, and I don't think he gets it. I think the Chiefs defense makes a key stop, and Chiefs move on to the AFC Championship. Will he at least throw beyond the first down marker? I would hope so. I yeah. certainly would hope so. Because there's a quarterback in the NFC who did not do that, and uh, mm-hmm. he is on his couch right now. So it's interesting for the Chiefs, and this could be a bad thing. I want to hear Craig's take on it. Is that Clyde Edwards Alaire could be coming back? And if you remember, he's not that good. No. And you got Isaiah Pacheco and McKinnon who are good. Yep. So that'll be interesting to see if he actually is activated and playing and actually put into the game because that actually might be a, a setback, a detriment. I think the only way he goes into the game is either for a goal line carry or if the Chiefs are up by like 30 in the second half and they're just giving him carries. Yeah. I, I see you go with the hot hands and the guys who got you there. It's been mm-hmm. Pacheco and McKinnon. Nobody's hotter in the running back spot right now than McKinnon. Um, so, yeah, keep doing that. Pat Mahomes will find a way. Trevor Lawrence, this is a nice little run you had, but it's only in the – Start of your career. Right now, um, gotta let the big boys play. 
Pat Mahomes is that big boy. Trevor's Swag. time. Trevor's time might come. Yeah, it's just not going to be this season. Sorry. He did enough. Yeah, he did. I don't think anybody think the Jaguars would be here midway through the season. So, uh, moving on to Saturday night, the New York Football Giants travel to Philadelphia to face the Eagles, the number one seed in the NFC. NFC East matchup. Do the Giants have what it takes to knock off the Eagles? I'm going to say no. I think they have what it takes, but I don't think it happens. It's going to come down to Hurts resting and balling out. If if Hurts doesn't have a good game, I think the Giants – We'll, uh, we'll overtake him. I think it's going to come like Hurts play-wise. If he's not rushing the ball and he's making some bad decisions, I think the Giants are going to keep up at their pace and the Eagles just need to be ahead of them. And if they slip at all, they could slip the game. I think the New York Giants are the equivalent to the find-a-way Warriors. And I think okay. on Saturday night they find a way. And they get it wow. Damn. Oh, my God. Giants of the NFC Championship. I Like I said, it could be crazy. Eagles could just stomp all over them and, as they're supposed to. But I like I like Duvall. I like Saquon Barkley. And I like the way Daniel Jones is playing. And the Eagles are going to have to bring it. If they don't bring it right away. I don't think the Giants are going to roll over for them. Right. So, give me the Giants. Saturday night. Sunday at 3.30, we have the Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals. In hmm. Buffalo, by the way. Does this make sense? Why, it, why is an AFC championship game between the Kansas City Chiefs and Buffalo Bills in a neutral site but a game between the Bengals and the Bills, who only are a game apart in their record, seeing as the game that they played on Monday night didn't count, why is that in Buffalo? I don't know, man. Your guess is as good as mine. I think because they went by win percentage, but I I don't know. I don't get it either. Personally. Well, technically, so, the, Chief, the Chiefs would have a better win percentage too. So the neutral site is just if the Bills face the Chiefs in the championship? Correct, in the AFC Championship. Hmm. See, that's what I think the league wants. And that's why I think this game is not a neutral site. I don't think the league wants the Cincinnati Bengals to win this game. I think they want the Buffalo Bills. Well, they want, they want the Kansas City Chiefs, and they want a rematch of one of the greatest playoff games we've ever seen from the division the, round of last year. Did the Bengals – so obviously the Bills had a chance to get the number one seed, right? Did the Bengals have a chance? Mm, yeah. yeah. They did. Did they? If they would have – no. No, because if they would have beat the Bills, they wouldn't have. They would have had the two seed. But still, they would have a chance to host this game if that game on Monday yeah. continued. It's log- it's logical to do what they're doing with the Chiefs game if the Bills play them, which therefore makes it logical for them to do the same thing here. Right. Um, 
and they're not. So I don't know. It's the NFL scripted, I think. That's it's definitely. Uh, I'm just kidding, but I don't know. I see. All, I, I always see these videos on it. NFL's rigged and scripted. So I'm going to pick the Bills because they're supposed to win because that's what the NFL wants. They want Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, AFC Championship in a game that they they got spoiled around too early in the divisional round last year. Uh, they want that to be their game to go to the Super Bowl. They want Allen and Mahomes to be the next Brady and Manning, duking it out in the AFC Championship for the next 10 years. And Joe Burrow, you got to be that guy. You got to be the guy that said, hold on, wait a minute. We're still the AFC champions until we get knocked off that throne. So it's up to the Bengals. It's going to be tough. Um, yeah, well, first, Panacho asked, when did we start? We started at six, so we're wrapping it up with the week, the preview of, of next week. When did we start? But this, when this do we always the game. start? Yeah, when we always start. This is going to be the game of the week, though, I think. Bengals, Bills, we obviously missed it at the end of the year. And uh, both high-powered offenses that, honestly, you can say is a coin flip to who's going to win this. And I'm excited. I'm picking? excited. I'm ultimately picking the Bills. Me too. But again, that's just a gut feeling. If the Bengals win. I wouldn't be shocked at all. I like You're the Bengals the a lot. Too. I like that squad. You taking the Bills, Mason? Yeah. All right. We'll see. Um, if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan, who do you want to see? The Bills or the Bengals in the AFC Championship? If you're a Chiefs fan, I'd say the I'd say the Bills, because yeah, the Bills might have beaten them in the regular season, but the Bengals have kind of, you know, Joe Burrow is not afraid to go in at, uh, into Arrowhead and play Mahomes, which he has proved twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it comes down to that. They've beaten the Bills in the big game. They haven't beaten the Bengals in the big game. I like it. And Sunday night at 6.30, the Dallas Cowboys travel to San Francisco 49ers to face Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk and Nick Bosa and all these guys. Kyle Shanahan. And Kyle Shanahan. Give him credit. You don't, I give him credit. You don't like him. I know you don't like him. I don't like him because I, I, I give him credit, and then he does stupid shit to make me want to take away that credit. Okay? the super People forget the Super Bowl he was in. Horrible clock management when they had a chance to score in the end of the first half, and then he started complaining about George Kittle not getting a call with 20 seconds left. Go fuck yourself, Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> um, Cowboys Niners, again – this isn't a game the Cowboys are supposed to win. And last year, the 49ers were the team to go into Dallas to defeat the Cowboys. And now the Cowboys have a chance to return the favor against these 49ers. So, I mean, in a way, I personally – I don't know how you feel. I think I would have rather faced the Eagles and the 49ers. Absolutely. So, in a way, the Vikings fucked you by losing. Um, yeah, I guess. 
I mean, it, it, they're all great teams in the playoffs. Uh, you know, I'm not saying this and that. I, I, if this is the route that we have to take to get to that land, number one, conquering Tom Brady and getting over that hump, getting our first road playoff win in 30 years, that's out of the way. Now the next step is to get back to the NFC Championship, which they haven't done in 30 years. So this is the game to where you got to do that too. There's as much pressure on th- as this game than there is on Monday night's game as far as Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. And how they answer it on Sunday night is going to speak volumes. I said they had to win against Tom Brady for them to even be considered as a, you know, to, to be taken serious. And they dominated the Bucks with Tom Brady. The 49ers are a better team than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They might be a better team than the Dallas Cowboys, too. If Dak plays how he played Monday night, the Cowboys will win this game. And if the defense plays how they played on Monday night, the Cowboys will win this game. I still think the 49ers will pull this out in in Levi Stadium. I don't feel good about it as a Cowboys fan. They gave me a reason to feel good, but just because they gave me a reason doesn't mean, you know, the the only thing we have is if putting pressure on Brock Purdy and making him uncomfortable, which I feel like he hasn't been uncomfortable in however many weeks he's been starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. The Cowboys, in order to win this game, have to jump out to a 14-point lead, or in this case, a 12-point lead, because Maher can't make extra points, yeah. and continue to put their foots on the throats of the 49ers. And it's a lot easier said than done because, like I said, this 49ers team is so much better than the Bucs. So it's going to be a lot harder. Do they still – didn't they have, like, a free safety who was kicking extra points one time? Yeah. Cowboys? Yeah, it was Jeff Heath. He's gone. He's long gone. He's still there? Oh. I was going to say, maybe you could substitute. I'm I'm not opposed to bringing back Dan Bailey to kick some field goals this week. Um, Dan Bailey, my God. guy was nails. Uh, ultimately, though, I'm gonna pick the 49ers just because uh, the Cowboys made me feel a little more confident. But it is a tough ask to face that defense and to face all these weapons. Uh, yeah, I got the 49ers too. Yeah, me too. All right, but. But if the Cowboys do find a way to win this game, I will be very upset if they do not pull it out against the Eagles or the Giants in the NFC Championship. Because I don't think either of those teams are as good as the 49ers. Yeah, I agree. So we're looking at Bill's Chiefs. And Eagles, Niners. Well, Glenn thinks the Giants are going to win, right? I think I think the Giants are going to win. I have more faith in the Giants beating the Eagles than I do the Cowboys beating the Niners. That'd be something. Imagine the Giants in the Super Bowl. Daniel Jones. I don't want to think about that. People were saying that in 2011. Imagine the Giants in the Super Bowl. and They were fucking there. 
I'm saying that in 2007 too. Nick Foles too. Well, I guess not about the Giants, but in general. That Nick Foles team was the number one seed. People forget. It was Nick Foles, though. It was still a number one seeded team. The Giants were the wild card teams in both of their Super Bowl wins. Carson Wentz did the heavy lifting. Yeah, and what's he doing now? He's heavy lifting the bench. So he's heavy lifted a piece of pizza to his face yeah. on the couch. Um, divisional round coming up this weekend. I don't know what you guys want to do. There's no more fantasy to talk about besides the second season. I'm cool with taking a couple of weeks off and then coming back for the Super Bowl. I think that's what we usually do. Yeah. You know? Sounds right. right. Sounds about right. So, um, it's been a year like no other. Uh, to those who listen each and every single week, we thank you. For those who watch on Twitch, we thank you. And for those who have continued to support this podcast since its inception, we thank we you. We thank you. We thank you. You sound um, like a PBS ad. Shout out to Josh Jacobs. Stella, I'm sorry. Austin Eckler, Stella Star of the Year. And a resounding fuck you to Kyle Pitts, <laughs> fuck of the year. Right there. Right there. Um, we will see you the week before the Super Bowl. And right now, let's just get the fuck out of here. Bye-bye.